<laughs> All right, here um, at the round table, it looks like we have a full crew here. We got Levi Harrell, Matt Samet, Kevin Corrigan, James Lucas, and Lindsay Westcott. And so yourself. And myself, Kevin Riley. Yeah. So we've all introduced ourselves before, so I think we can forego that. Does anybody have any spray from the long weekend? Anything going on? Oh, I sent my last benchmark before. Oh, Which one was it? This morning. It was on, I've been doing the, um, the old set. The 2016 set? Yeah, it was Sal Halloween 4. Mm. Yeah. It's got one hard um, jump move to a pinch. Like the second move, so sucked. Mm, nice. Time for V5. Time for V5. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I thought there was a hundred of them. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I was talking to Chris Widener about it. A hundred across the sets? or uh, 100? No, a hundred V5s. A hundred benchmark V5s? Yeah. On the, which set? On the 20, the old set. The old set, uh-huh. And he was like, oh, I thought that was a lot because there's only like 50 V4s. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, oh... Yeah, is that in font grades or in American grades? And I like toggled between them. And I realized there's like 43 uh, six C's and uh-huh. 53 six C plus. So there's like a, it's like they give it four slash five and then five. Oh, so there's hidden benchmarks so, if you use the French grades. Yeah, well it's well there. They kind of like bump the four slash fives mm-hmm. into fives okay. on the app. Okay. Ooh. And so there's kind of like this in between grade. It happens in uh, like higher on the on the font scale mm-hmm. in seven B and seven B plus. Mm-hmm. There's like a V seven grade and then a V seven slash eight grade and then a V eight grade, but. Uh, a lot of people just kind of like model them. So sometimes if it's like a hard V7, people like kind of bump it up on their old 8A card. Oh. Yeah. So what's next for you? Are you going to do all the 4 slash 5? Are you going straight to 5? I, I don't know. Like that whole pool. I just thought about that. Like I just found that out like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still, you're still trying to take in the news. Yeah, I'm just like, like whoa. kind of decompressing, like, oh my yeah. god. It I'm not sure if I can do this podcast. Like, yeah. <laughs> You might need to go find the nearest moon board. Yeah. yeah. So does anybody have climbing New Year's resolutions for the year? Uh, I'm going to climb 512 this year. I was, awesome. I was uploading, uh, I was looking at a Jonathan Segrist article on the website about goal setting. Mm-hmm. In the article, there's a pyramid about if you want to climb 512, like do this many 11As, this many 11Bs. So I just printed out that pyramid and put it on my cubicle wall. I was like, all right, this is what I'm doing in 2020. Nice. nice. I'm going to try not to get hurt on the approach to the crag. It seems like <laughs> I always get hurt, and then it happened again this weekend. I was at Shelf heading over to the bank, and I don't know if anybody's climbed it, but like that initial staircase gets super icy. Oh, on the dark side of the canyon. And I almost always bring my micro spikes, but I didn't this time because it was pretty warm, and actually the staircase wasn't bad, but once I got a little bit further down, I hit some ice. Fell on my back, my back is still tweaked, 
And then my buddy refused to lather me up in uh, <laughs> tiger balm. What a friend. Don't you think a climbing partner should be yeah. required yeah, you do to help him. you out? I he's, would do it for yeah. him. He's not your buddy then. Yeah, exactly. yeah. He's How just some dude. Your life if Is he even a climbing partner? I mean, yeah. I feel like there should be some Is type it, of... Climbing acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> like, your relationship hasn't really gone to the point where you can be like, yeah, this is my partner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, every self-rescue clinic, there's that part where you rub cream on each other. Yeah. <laughs> there's the tiger mom application part. Yeah, so I'm going to try not to get hurt. And then could you help people carry you to the crag? Mm. I could. You just post on Mountain Project. This is where I want to go today. I got like 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Going that way. Like, there's a lot of young, hungry climbers out there. Yeah, yeah. Take you to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a litter or something. Backpack stuff. I've got a pretty ambitious one. Um, I'm going to try and climb either a route or a boulder on every continent except for Antarctica. This year I've got wow. a lot of trips lined up. So I'm hoping to get one on each continent done this year. Cool. So we'll see. What's the first continent? Uh, Asia. Going to China. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I would start with North America. Yeah. You do you. The easiest right. one's going to be, because you could just get on the moon board with James and do like a V4-5. There we go. Problem. There we go. And Perfect. then you go to the gym and do an auto blade route, and you're like, okay, North America. Yeah. Check. Yeah. <laughs> Big old take mark for that one. James, uh, James, you should try and do a moonboard problem on every continent. There you oh, go. Man. Now we're talking. That would be, yeah. that that would be, be rad. Up in the ante. I, I think they have a moonboard in Antarctica. Do they? Yeah. They must, like at McMurdo or something? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a real rock if I've ever heard of one. Right yeah. There. Yeah, totally. It's like, oh, do I go for the 7B or 7B plus? <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Lindsay? Um, I'm going to try to get stronger on pockets and limestone and want to start building a 13 pyramid. There's a 13C at Sinks, the gathering that I've been working on, and it's it feels incredibly above my pay grade, but I would love to make it feel more doable by 2021. Cool. Yeah. How do you? How does one get stronger on pockets without getting injured? Um, I have been beast making for like a couple months now, oh, and people are like, "Beast." <laughs> <laughs> Anytime people see me at the gym, they're like, "Aren't you starting a little early for lander season?" And it's like, I can't. Yeah. No, I can't, <laughs> I can't hang on like you know front two without taking weight off right now. So I think I'm I'm in a good place to get yeah. further along by you know July. That, that's really smart. I think like. The further out you you plan your training, the higher your success of your higher rate of success you have. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just like you start early. Yeah, slow and gradual. Kind yeah. of like almost the old school mountaineering approach of just like keep it slow, keep it gradual, and then peak your performance with the time of your trip. You know, just like training for the new albinism, that's pretty much that whole book. It's just talking about like cycling it around when you're supposed to be at your best. Yeah. And if Mark Twight can do anything, it's hang off pockets. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was doing a lot of hangboarding last summer uh, when I was working with a coach, and I started climb, doing the pocket holds too aggressively. Mm. Apparently, you can get an injury when you do that, that it basically, like, if your other fingers are curled, it creates a shearing force in the muscles in your hands, and you can tear them. Oh, wow. uh, and I did that. <laughs> and... 
the nice thing about it is that the only thing that aggravates it is climbing pockets. Oh. So I just kind of ignored it and didn't climb pockets, and that was fine. Huh. <laughs> cool. Very cool. All right. We are at Guess That Gram. So we're going to be doing this a little bit differently this week. So instead of doing captions, um, we are doing profile descriptions. Oh. Oh. Like the bio? Like the bio. Man, the, the bios can be so short. It's they, like, well, that's the crazy. There's a ton of emojis. Yes. Like that gnarly nutrition. <laughs> or just says pro climber. That's like 80% of the people I looked at. So it took me a long time to come up with individuals who actually had something in there. But I found some good ones. Okay. And if you remember, so what we're going to do is go through here. Um, if you want to get bonus points, you can write down your answer and forego the multiple choice. And then you'll get three points instead of one if you get it correct. Right. If you get it wrong, you get negative a point. Do we have to announce our intentions before? Like, as you ask the question, do we say As I go, yeah, you have to announce beforehand. Okay. And then I'll skip you. Okay. And then I wrote um, your names in here randomly, and we're going to go, um, we're going to reverse order every question, so it's fair. This is like some This is things yeah. 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 Kevin's got serious. diagrams yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's been too much cheating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first one is short shorts, long pitches, and the pursuit of self-improvement. Uh. Hmm. So, no one's going to go for the bonus, I imagine. This one's a little difficult. Well, our <laughs> 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 the people from the 80s don't really have Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the options are Kyra Condi, Brittany Gorris, or Sierra Blair Coyle. Uh, can you say the whole thing again? Short shorts, long pitches, and the pursuit of self-improvement. It was Brittany Gorris, Sierra Blair Coyle, or Kyra Condi? Yeah. All right, everyone write your answer there. I like it. Those are words to live by. <laughs> okay, so first up, Matt Samet. I think it's Brittany Gorris. Okay, and then we got Kevin Corrigan. Brittany Gorris. All right, and we got Lindsay. I said SBC. Okay, and James Lucas. Gorris, she climbs long pitches. And Levi. Gorris. Okay. Oh, man. Sorry, Lindsay. I'm so oh. bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you did good. I mean, <laughs> just like look over. <laughs> look at James's answers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be looking at Kevin's, and yeah. so we can kind of get this yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a consensus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Train effect. <laughs> All right. We have a four way tie at this point. Okay, number two. Searching for beauty in the disgusting. Oh, Prophetic right there. These are, these are hard to guess. I'm going to do a write-in. Okay, Matt's got a write-in. Can I just like write what type of climbing they do? <laughs> That's kind of broad. You can, just write, can I just write that they're a climber? I think this is a climber. Well, there's only... <laughs> Clearly an off with climber, and there's only like three of them. Is Matt's the only write-in, correct? 
Now I'm second guessing my decision. Right stick, now. With <laughs> oh, stick with okay. it. Stick with All it. Stick with it. I'm sticking with okay, it. Okay, so the options are Jason Keel, Matt Fultz, or Daniel Chancellor. It's tough. Okay, this one starts with the Levi. I'm going Keel. All those baby heads. Yeah. Uh, James. Uh, I'm going to go with Chancellor because I thought Keel, but I think he's more of an artist than just into being disgusting. Sure. <laughs> Lindsay. I did not write down anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a zero. <laughs> yeah, what happens if you default? What is that? <laughs> that's just a zero. That's a zero. Kevin? I wrote Keel, but I know that's like the one you put in there to fool us. Okay. Oh. Ooh, that's a good point. All right, and Matt, what did you? Or Jason Keel or Kale? Or... Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. That was it. Matt gets the right points, and I stuck it. Yes. Plus three. Wow, what a guy. We'll see y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the lead. Time to catch up. <laughs> okay, this one's a little bit. Well, it's still pretty hard. Okay, number three. Let yourself be silently drawn by the strange pull of what you really love. It will not lead you astray. And it's a roomy quote. So oh. Someone is philosophical. Yes. I'm, get, I'm getting to do a write-in. Write-in from yep. James. <laughs> <laughs> Any other write-ins? Okay, so the options are Kathy Carlo, Allie Rainey, or Kitty Calhoun. Let yourself be silently drawn by the strange pull of what you really love. It will not lead you astray. Everyone got their answer? All right, we're starting with you, El Samet. I wrote Kathy Carlo. Okay. And then we got Kevin Corgan. Hallie Raining. Okay. And then we got Lindsay. I said Kathy Carlo. Okay. And then we got James Lucas. Uh, oh, I did the write-in. Oh, we're skipping. Levi. I said Kitty. Okay. And what did you have, James? So, for the write-in, I, that really spoke to me as, like, some some character, and I was thinking, maybe it's someone who played the Joker or Morbius, and I wrote, Jared Leto. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good guess. That's a good guess. Unfortunately, you already know you are wrong. <laughs> Why can't everybody else be wrong and Jared Leto be right? <laughs> well, do we know that Jared Leto doesn't also have that? Yeah, uh, that is true. I'll, I'll get back to you. <laughs> um, it was Allie. Oh. oh. Nice, Kevin Corrigan. That's a, tr- a tough one. Okay, this is number four. Be good, be kind be happy. When one offers praise and compliments, we all feel better. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't think it was Jesus. His Instagram profiles or yearbook quotes? Yeah. <laughs> is there a difference? <laughs> okay, yeah, any write-ins like you. Me, yeah. Any write-ins like you. here? I'm a pretty positive person. No write-ins. Okay, so the options are Adrian Ballinger, 
Jeremy Collins or Conrad Anchor? Oh. Be good, be kind, be happy. When one offers praise and compliments, we all feel better. Okay, everyone got their answer here. Levi, you're up first. Going with the Ankinator. Okay, the <laughs> Okay, James. Uh, I was flip-flopping between Conrad, but I think I'm going to stick. I'm going to go with Jeremy Collins. Okay. And then we got Lindsay. I said Adrian Ballinger. Okay. And then we got Kevin Corrigan. Ballinger. All right. Ooh, that was... And then Matt Samet. Conrad Anchor. And Conrad it was. Oh, yeah. Look at that. I mean, he's going to Tibet all the time. Yeah. You gotta know he's got those good vibes going. Yeah, he just seems, flag on the wall. <laughs> he seems super stoic. I don't know. You can be kind I and stoic, it. Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> toxic masculinity, bro. That's your toxic masculinity talking. <laughs> all right. The last question, and it's a scorcher. <laughs> Still sending? Still parenting, still evolving. Ooh. I'm gonna write in. <laughs> okay. Still sending, still parenting, still evolving. I don't understand the still parenting. Like, <laughs> you put your kids in a, in a sack and drown them in the lake. Oh, I'm not parenting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if your kids are alive, you're parenting, or hopefully. <laughs> okay, so Kevin Corgan's the only write-in, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Who that okay, is. so the options are Lynn Hill, Matt Wilder, or Beth Rodden. What was the quote again? Still sending, still parenting, still evolving. All right, we're starting with Salmon. I'm going to say Linda Hill. All right, and we got Kevin Corrigan. Uh, went with Linda Hill. Okay. Linda Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay? Um, I went with Beth Rodden. All right, and then James Lucas. Uh, I went with Matt Wilder. All right. And Levi. I went with Lynn. All right. And you know it was Lynn Hill. Come on. I didn't think she had Instagram. <laughs> 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 she does. Well, it's like Lena Colada or something. Lena Colina, yeah. yeah. Oh, Lynn Cola. Something cute. <laughs> yeah, because that's Lynn Hill in Italian. Okay. We have a... Uh, a two-way tie for second place, so we're going to do a bonus here. Um, again, you kind of just have to know who this is. There's no options. I read it, and if you know it, write it down, Oof. and you can get three points. Ooh. All of us? Or just all of us. Let's just all do it. Okay. We'll just see how this goes. Uh, this will be fun. <laughs> all right. This, this one's a more standard uh, profile here. Patagonia Climbing Ambassador. Artist, lover of granite and wilderness. Climbing is art. Oh. Farmtocraig.org. Uh, I got this one. Oh, no. So I gave you guys some tips there, or some hints. Can I look up that website? Can <laughs> 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 I get a roster sheet? <laughs> Patagonia climbing ambassador, artist, lover of granite and wilderness. Climbing is art. Farmtocraig.org, which is a good website everybody should check out. I checked it out last night. It was interesting. <laughs> 
Everyone got their... <laughs> I don't know. I wrote some. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I know for sure. You do? You go, yeah. you go last. That's cheating. Okay. Yeah. That is cheating. Yeah, knowing the answer You're supposed is to guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go with Sam. What do you got? I wrote Renan Oster. Okay. Oh, that's a good guess. Uh, TNF athlete. Oh, bad guess. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, do you have one? Mikey Schaefer. Okay. Oh, uh, but Lindsay, did you get zero? Oh, uh, James. Oh, it's Levi. Um, goose egg. I'm oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's Kate Rutherford. That is right. Oh, James. Yeah. Good job, James. Yeah. All right. James comes in third with that. We got Matt Samet winning with six points. Whoa. Yeah. I have six points. You do? Wait, how many are right ends worth? Oh, here we go. Three. Yeah. Three. You had a right in? Yeah. Which one was your right in? Linda Hill. Oh, that was the last one. So we got a tie for first. Yes. With Matt Samet and Kevin Corrigan. Lindsay, I had you at zero oh, points. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not negative. This yeah, that's right. good. Yeah. Nice flat zero. Yeah. Nice neutral number. Levi comes in at second with four points. There we go. And James comes in with third with three points. Nice. That Kate Rutherford just... That really knocked you out. Oh, <laughs> All right. So that was Guess Your Gram. Is that the same song? That's the same theme song? I think so. That's what I used last time. I have to pay royalties. It's just different enough from The Price is Right. You know why this isn't going to get sued. All right, and then we got Kevin's news topic. Yeah, so we're going to do things a little different this week and have more of a discussion, but uh, the jumping off point is that the Canadian climber Miles Adamson made a first boulder ascent of the slab face on the Grandma Peabody boulder. He did a route called Too Tall to Fall that comes in at V10. And uh, Levi here did an interview with him for the website, mm -hmm. and he made what I thought was a pretty interesting comment uh, since I'm not as familiar with highball climbing. I don't pursue it myself. Uh, and he wanted to add that he'd been reading a lot of the comments on the videos and seeing people say, typical, if you fall, you're going to die or you're going to fall and kill your spotters. Uh, and said, I just want to debunk these theories. When you're spotting really tall highballs, you're not trying to touch the climber on the way down whatsoever. What the spotter is actually doing is spotting the bounce. When you're moving that fast, you're likely to bounce off or roll off the pads. That's what the spotters are there to protect. Also, as a spotter, you do a lot of pad shuffling, making sure that the foam is underneath the climber. And as for the climber dying, I think that is insane. So you have a $10,000 foam pit underneath you. There are five layers of crash pads underneath me. The way I, way I explain it is like when a car hits a wall of velocity. If it was just your body hitting the wall, you'd die instantly. But what happens when your car has really good crumple zones, a seatbelt, and airbag? You might get injured, but your chances of survival are insanely higher. Assuming the system is set up properly, I think it's very naive to compare freestyling to highball climbing. So I wanted to get the discussion going on where the line is between freestyling and highball climbing. Pads. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, well, I, I guess I'll start off just because I was the one who did the interview with him. Um, and you could definitely tell he was irked by the comments. And you know, we all see comments all the time being in this industry where people like forget that these are actual people we're writing about or an actual person wrote it. Mm -hmm. And you could definitely tell that it irked him that people thought he was being, you know, you know, disregarding his own life or that he was being too risky for no reason. 
Um, and I thought that was just a really interesting thing because the video went out before the interview. And so people had made this assumption of him as a person before he ever got to put his say in of like, no, I'm actually very responsible with this. I had tons of pads. I had people spotting me. Um, so I thought it was really interesting that he decided to vocalize this in the first place instead of just kind of eating it. Where were the comments like on Instagram? And uh, our Facebook posts and okay. on his Instagram and on the YouTube video. Mm. Uh, just people doing the classic like, oh, this guy's so reckless and this is so dangerous and he's going to die. And Even like though that. the video shows him top roping it and getting the moves dialed? Yep. People are like, oh, that, I'm going to ignore that part. Well, I mean, I think you could, if, if people are arguing it's not any different than free soloing, I don't think the top roping changes anything because people rehearse their solos. That's true. Trolls one, miles zero. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll admit, I, I was one of those, I mean, I was definitely not putting this in the comments, but I always assumed that sure, yeah. highball climbing and free soloing were about the same thing, and... Uh, I thought his comment was pretty interesting and changed my opinion a bit. Um, but then, like, you know, not everyone that's climbing high balls is bringing out $10,000 worth of pads. And if you go back and look at what, say, like John Sherman was doing back in the day when not using any pads, uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to see how the tactics have evolved and how much safer it is today, I guess, to high ball than back then. But the problems are also commensurately taller. That's the thing, too. Yeah, it might true. be safer because the tactics have changed because people are willing to rehearse and they put a lot more pads. But at the same time, the problems are probably almost twice as tall. Right? Yeah, I mean, the grandma... It's like this arms race kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like more pads, higher problems, more pads, higher problems. Grandma Peabody is like 50, 55 feet tall. Mm -hmm. Like, you could certainly, no matter how many pads you have, you could certainly land the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. At a certain point, you're just going very, very fast. I mean, I don't think there's any easy way to draw a line between a free, a free ball, a free solo and a high ball. Um, but at a certain point, it doesn't really matter what's below you. You're just going very, very fast. Mm -hmm. And so even if you hit the pads and even if there's spotters there to check your rebound, like, how much force is there going to be on your body? I mean, right. I don't know. How many people have been willing to test 40-foot falls to the ground? Yeah, that's really high. Um, mm -hmm. Well, it's like not willingly. Yeah. <laughs> have you uh, have you you've been to Roy quite a bit? Have you seen Icarus? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my ongoing project, and I've been on a rope on it multiple times. But every time that I've been on it without a rope, I've chickened out on the last big move. You hit a pocket, you shuffle your feet over, and then from there it's relatively easier climbing. But you're just way off the deck, mm -hmm. and it's one of those things that's just hard to commit to. I can't imagine being. 55 or you know 50 feet off the deck and having to do like thumb catch moves like he's doing on this boulder yeah it's like, like thunder clinging like 30 feet up mm -hmm. yeah but i mean it's also like i feel like pads and spotters also offer like some psychological support which shouldn't be negated it's just like honald having the film crew there mm -hmm. who could conceivably pluck him off the face you know? yeah like, that stuff makes a big difference as opposed to, like, you go out to, like, Mount Evans or you go to Rocky Mountain National Park by yourself and you go with one pad and you climb, like, a 15-foot high ball. Not even that high, but if you break an ankle, then you're, you're way, you're 
just as fucked as if you're uh, evolution falling at the lip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, again, like your Mount Evans reference, like Alex Viale, what was it, two years ago, broke his ankle on Death Trout. We were spotting him. You know, he just fell wrong in the talus, and we've got to hike his butt, you know, up the hill from Mount Evans Area A, you know, you know, from Mount Evans, and it's like same thing could happen on a highball, and you'd be really in a world of hurt. Like if you were like s- severe trauma. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of like Packer used to have this uh, zone system. Oh, I remember that zone one, two, and three. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like how how hurt you got. It was if the consequences fell. of yeah. the fall, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is kind of a, a better idea. Like I think a lot of highballing is zone two. Yeah. And then so long as zone three, where it's like, oh, if you fall, you're definitely going to die. Yeah, I mean, there could be a... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, and that can happen in the, in the boulders. Right, there could, be a, ten foot, there could be a 10-foot zone three problem if the landing's bad enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or didn't Backer fall off of a route in Eldo? Yeah. Where he, like, rolled down the hill? Mm-hmm. He had done it with a rope, and the rope actually caught his swing a little yeah, bit, just through tension. Swing. Yeah. And then he did it without a rope, and he swung, he swung and he just off. rolled down the hill. And that was a route. That's a free solo, but yeah. you survive, but you could die off of a boulder. Sure. <laughs> Which I mean, is, someone died a couple of years ago in the gunks, falling before they got their first piece in, and they were only, like, feet up yeah yeah and that happens at cow rock a lot yeah. that. i was in the czech republic the same thing happened it was our first day there and these are like notoriously long routes with very minimal pro and if it's natural pro it's like a monkey's knot or it's a sling sling natural pro and a guy fell from like 15 feet up before he had gotten to the first bolt and broke his ankle and had a helicopter him out from the cliff so i mean it's I mean, height definitely is going to increase your velocity, right? But mm-hmm. we see people break their legs and ankles off of five to six foot falls just on uneven ground. Yeah. Well, sir, oh, you go ahead. Well, uh, another point I've Miles made in the video about his ascent that I thought was pretty interesting is he was just talking about how you evaluate the risk of a high ball. And uh, he was talking about looking at, like, the highest move you could conceivably fall off of, whether that's just, like, the crux of the line or whether it's an insecure move that you might not hit every time um you know if you're climbing like a 50 foot route but there's not any moves that you think you're going to fall off above like 30 feet it seems well 30 feet for me is way too high but (laughs) it does seem more reasonable yeah well if it's like a v10 move two feet off the ground and then v0 to the top (laughs) right it's like that's not that's not really a high ball is that just I mean, what about like thimble? The thing John Gill did was it? What year was it? Was it '61? Yeah, with a towel underneath him or whatever. <laughs> did he have a towel? Guardrail. Yeah, the guardrail. That guardrail. thing's needles. scary. Yeah, just walking yeah, the up needles. To yeah, it's like right in this parking lot. You know, all these tourists are pulling up, and it's just this thing. I mean, it it would be like what a three or four bolt sport route, mm-hmm. but he he chose to boulder it out, and I don't think he. Re- did not rehearse it. Yeah. He was just going up and down in hiking boots. And yeah, I mean, was that a highball? Was that a solo? Uh, I don't really know. And the, the the Brits seem to have a good system, sort of, with the, the E-grades. Yeah, the E-scale. Being like, oh, this is, like, it's so scary. It gets a higher E-grade. And you see that a little bit in bouldering, too, mm-hmm. where something's not quite physically as hard, but it gets a... Grade because it's like a high ball factor. Okay. 
so it feels harder. Yeah, so yeah, you're like up there, and all of a sudden, like this V2 move feels like V5 because you're scared and over gripping. I mean, has anyone ever seen anyone take a 30 foot high ball fall into a big nest of pads? Just videos. Videos? Yeah, I've seen videos yeah. before. I've uh, seen people yeah. fall from the lip of evolution. Yeah. Which is like 20? Yeah, 20. Okay. So it's pretty big. I mean, 20's big, but 20, you're like, yeah. Okay. Like yeah. 30, 40, you're like, Eesh. yeah. Yeah, you're falling. You're falling an, like, yeah. you're you're falling an entire gym route. <laughs> I don't. I think, uh, yeah, people just don't. Smart people just don't fall from up Sometimes there. you fall even if you're smart. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna. Yeah, I hate true. to say it, but it's gonna happen. Right. Like, yeah. Shit happens. Like these things are hard, and you fall off hard shit even if you've rehearsed it strong like something that's funny about that is we're talking a lot about like the mindset like again the the grade almost gets factored into like how scary it is and like you're doing these moves how high off the deck and miles in his interview one of the things he mentioned was that competition climbing was one of the biggest factors of him being able to turn off and just do the moves because he's like you know if you're doing one boulder and you're doing really bad at it you've got like five minutes to like psych yourself back up for the next problem and it doesn't has nothing to do with the problem that came before it. So even on this boulder, if you watch the video, Miles is doing the moves to get onto the slab, and he pulls off a hold and falls. Like he rips a hold off of the rock. It's like one of and the first moves chocks, the whole thing. And then he chocks back up and just immediately goes back up. And like just that psyche, that ability to like just turn it off of like, okay, that doesn't affect my performance at this top level, is pretty incredible. And he said a lot of that comes from his time as a competition climber which I thought was really interesting how yeah. he translated that, you know, the competition style into this extreme outdoor style of climbing. Wasn't there a guy trying to do Ambrosia ground up for a while out there? Yeah. Um, Same guy, that, isn't it? No, no, this dude with the rostered chalk bag. Uh-huh. Uh, he didn't get Mike or something. And he, he fell from the top. So someone has taken one of those falls. Yeah, yeah. It, like, yeah, he's fallen. It's pretty high... I think that's one of the higher bouldering falls. Mm-hmm. And then... And what it, happened to Ninja Mike or whatever? I think he's... I think he was, like, relatively okay. Okay. I mean, he lived. Yeah, he lived and it was climbing within a couple of weeks. I think he mm-hmm. creaked his back. Jeez. Oh, actually, I, one of my friends jumped off the top of King Air, too. Just jumped off it? He, there's, like, a hard move up high. Oh, he didn't want to do it. And he, like, tried it, but okay. didn't go for it, and then, like, jumped from there. And we had, like, a triple stack of pads mm-hmm. and I think he went he fell maybe 20, around 20 or 25 feet okay his like knees went above his ears <sighs> oh my god he but said, not through them yeah <laughs> he said his, his legs hurt for a few days okay but it, it's there's not a whole lot of like yeah I think you get above like 40 feet and people start dying yeah seems like mm-hmm. it yeah it seems like the risk would be very real I did see a video one time of someone jumping out of like a helicopter off the top of the building or something, just into a big net without a parachute, and they were okay. Maybe that's the future. There was that guy, there's a video online, I don't know if it was Hippie Tree or someone, there's that guy at Tramway who was trying to do this Oh yeah. high ball, like double arette thing. I see her. Yeah. yeah. And he mm-hmm. biffed it at the top and got like super messed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he still wanted to do it, so he came back and his friend helped him rig a net and he like put on a helmet and did yeah. his net under him and like stuck the thing, didn't take yeah. the fall again. Yeah, I've seen that dude boulders with a helmet now. 
Okay. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like we did Skyscraper this summer, uh-huh. which is like a tall V5 in Rocky, and he was wearing a helmet. That's smart. Yeah. yeah. I think John Sherman wears a helmet sometimes, too. I think he does, yeah. yeah. It's not outside of the question. I mean, I decked in China from 35 feet, and I'll wear a helmet next time. <laughs> <laughs> next time you deck from 35 feet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I got my helmet on. You can't tell me I'm not in space. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Have you done that much highballing, Lindsay? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, like to get above like ten feet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give me the the dirtiest little cave climb ever. Yeah. <laughs> That's about nice. it. That's smart. Wait. What do you think about highball climbing? I have been sweating profusely this entire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like ran into you and Nina and Bishop, and you were doing Saigon, and I like I couldn't handle like watching someone else climb that. Yeah, it makes me very, very nervous. And I knew you were completely in control. Like you had been, you had top roped it, I think, a couple days before, maybe. Yeah. And learned all of the moves, but yeah, like that's not even comparable to like what other people are are climbing height wise, and still just really made me quite nervous. <laughs> yeah, James, you've fair. done probably the most highballing out of all of us here, by far. Do uh, you, I don't know. Sam had actually done quite a bun, bit of, like, old-school highballing. Yeah, like, like that, a million years ago. Yeah, a million years ago <laughs> when he was, like, young and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, some of that stuff in, like, West Mountain. And yeah. then you, he, like, went ground up on this thing next to Tower of Power uh, in the Flatirons. That's actually kind of hard, but... Yeah, we, we never used to rehearse. That's the, that, I think that's I was the one say, thing. What's different, what's different now versus then? I mean, it just never occurred to anyone to rehearse stuff, I don't think. I mean, like when we first started bouldering, there were no crash pads. Yeah. So you did your best not to fall. Then there were crash pads, but they were pretty thin, two, three inches of foam. And you only ever had one. No one was like, oh, let's put a bunch. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> just like, it's just, it's just stupidity, I guess. You know, and eventually it was like, oh, if we put all of our pads here, and we can all try this problem, and everyone benefits. But I never, like, threw a rope down on anything, I don't think. I think I, think I did once in Clear Creek. I think I tried something on a shunt, and then I never ended up doing it without a rope because I couldn't get through the bottom. Yeah. But I remember just, like... It, it didn't occur to us, and I don't know if there was pressure not to do it at that point, but I think everyone still felt a little dirty doing it. Yeah, like you're hangdogging. Yeah, you're hangdogging this boulder, and you know, yeah. like, what are you doing? Why don't you go hangdog a sport route? But I, I think that, obviously, that's changed. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, like, I've been putting together Yosemite Bouldering Guide and talking to a lot of people, and uh, Rick Kashner, who established a lot of stuff in the, like, 80s and early 90s, uh, would talk about like doing climbs and then going back and free soloing them. Oh, and they're like, I mean, stuff that you, like now you'd be like, oh yeah, just bring out three pads and it's, it's not a free solo at all. Oh, but like that, Joshua Tree kind of height stuff? Yeah, uh huh. That's how he, he referred to like boulder ascents as free solos. I see. And, it, uh, and then there's like, uh, I remember. Uh, my friend Randy Perot gave me a little shit for like, um, <clears throat> like checking out trying moves on a rope mm-hmm. of like uh, the Woodwardorette, which is just off the uh, Falls Trail, and okay. it's probably like a twenty-five or thirty-foot slab. Okay. And uh, Johnny Woodward presumably did ground up. Right. It's 
it's hard up there. It's like you're doing 11 plus moves. Slabby, smeary. Yeah. It's just like, oh, there's this ethic where it's like, oh, are you going to go ground up or are you going to rehearse it? Right. Well, everything had to be bold. Like every time I talk to climbers from that generation, it's like they didn't care so much about the grade as much as that it was a bold ascent. Like we did it in a really bold fashion and like we did it from the ground up and like we had all these ethics and values behind it. Whereas now we care about like how difficult are the actual moves, what's the actual grade of the route versus like the, the bold ascent it seems like to me. Yeah, I think you're right. So that sort of 80s ethic. I mean, I think John Sherman had a big influence on that too, like with Stone Crusade and uh, that you know that article he wrote about Waco. It was Texas Tall Tales, where he kind of first talked about the high balls he was doing there. And I think this was before pads, you know. Mm-hmm. And he would just like grab a couple randoms, like warming up at the gym traverse, and have come spot him on like C spot run yeah. over this rock slab with no pads. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, stay there, and don't run away. <laughs> like basically, you're a human crash pad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if that that was sort of the 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 template right and so we all just sort of felt like oh yeah if you're highballing you start at the ground and try it and see what happens yeah i think it i remember like talking to dale bard about climbing up the buttermilks back in the day mm-hmm. it was it was a like soloing area like you didn't it wasn't like bouldering and like you don't go up there people weren't going up there to do iron man traverse right it's like okay you're like gonna get on this the sunshine slab and it's a it's a free solo mm-hmm. it's like short free solo and now with the crash pads it's like yeah we're just bouldering what about transporter room didn't he top rope that first uh, I, th- I think he may have yeah and left of ambrosia yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one of the few okay. he top roped uh, 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 Tom Herbert Jr. top roped ambrosia first too yeah and then thought about, he thought about bolting it. Okay. But then decided not to because he was like, oh, this is like. This is a local ethic. This is a local bouldering zone. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not going to sport climb here. Which yeah, is like cool. Tears. Yeah, it's cool because it's now it's like still a bouldering zone. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking to Miles about tears, actually, I was like, do you think it'll be bouldered in our lifetime? Do you think that's going to happen? And he was like, oh, yeah, undoubtedly. You know, which is, it'll go at V12. You know, and he said that when Miles talks about his high balls, he actually categorizes them as sport climbs, like five dot whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he translates that into the V grade because he says that it makes a lot more sense for high balls to do it that way than just to give it a V grade. Uh, and so he's like, you know, that five, you know, 514 or whatever it'll go at. Uh, he says he thinks it'll be done in our lifetime yeah. as a high ball boulder because his line just branches off of it. But again, it's as of now, it's only been done on top rope. There's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> Look out, Bishop, here I come. It's time for a 48-year-old to free solo this 514. Yeah. <laughs> At least he might beat you to it. Yeah, once you got that pocket strike. Yeah. You're probably ahead of me, so we can go do it together. We'll put two crash pads down yeah. and try it together. She's like, I've been doing laps on the gathering. I'm, I'm ready for this. Right. I've been doing, I know, I've been playing video games, so yeah. I'm ready. I was up at Flagstaff on Sunday, and I was walking to whatever the, like, northernmost boulder is past Upper Y. King Conquer? Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, I forgot the name of the problem I was going to. It's, like, the V5 that sort of bails off the side. Nice out. 
Yeah, and but when I was getting there, this couple was leaving, and the guy's like, "Oh, you're here to conquer the king?" <laughs> and because I didn't remember what I was there to climb, I was like, "Yeah, totally, totally, bro." Yeah, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you might want to move your pad all the way back here. That's where I was falling off at the crux, which is like the main lineup. This thing has got to be like approaching twenty feet tall. The crack in the middle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a that's a no fall proposition. Yeah, this, these people were just assuming I was there to like. Climb this 20 foot thing V7 by myself. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're giving me way too much credit. <laughs> All right. Well, there's another episode of Roundtable. Thank you guys for showing up. And for all you listeners out there, thank you for your support of Summit Membership. If you are enjoying your membership, make sure to reach out to your friends and let them know to join.